Habits are sort of the secret sauce to getting the life that you want. And if you want to become a better reader, learning from The Atomic Habits by James Clear will help you get there. In this week's episode, we're going to dive into this book and give you 10 ideas you can apply today to get started on building a better reading life. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me this week at the Read Well Podcast. I'm really excited to be here. I read this book by James Clear uh, quite a while ago, several years ago. And it really is a game changer. I know everybody has talked about it. There have been 10 million videos made on the thing, but I wanted to approach it today from the perspective of being a reader, because you can read books on habits or self-development and they're great from a general perspective, but I like the idea of bringing it into our community and figuring out, well, how do we actually take what James is talking about and use it in our own personal lives? So I've gone through the book here and come up with 10 specific things that I think we can use to, um, to improve. Now, a uh, couple things to get started, just house cleaning stuff, uh, but I think it's important for you to know. So this is the fifth episode of the Readwell podcast. Very excited to see that growing. We've got a couple places you can go to be a part of the community, and I want to share those with you really quickly. So let me get this up on my screen. And if you're watching this, uh, you uh, well, you, you clearly know since you're watching it that it's on YouTube, but also you can consume the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. But this is our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. And if you come here, you can sort of be a part of everything that's going on. You'll stay up to date and connected. The most important thing to do, of course, is to click subscribe and join our little group here. So click on subscribe. And for some reason, there it goes. My internet is acting slow today. Uh, take you here. Go ahead and put in your email address. And I'm super sensitive to getting like emails in my account. I really don't like sales emails or marketing emails. So I will be very respectful of you and only share stuff when I think it will uh, improve the community or give you inspiration to pick up your next book and start reading. All right. The next thing you can do is uh, actually on YouTube. This is our, our YouTube channel. If you just look up the Readwell podcast on YouTube, you'll find us there. And uh, it's broken up into se separate sections right now. You'll, you'll see a, a playlist just for the podcast episodes where you can watch the video version. And then below that, we'll be going over this in a minute. We've got these yellow cards here uh, in, in what we call our live daily reading habit. It's a read with me session where for 15 minutes every morning at 7 a.m. Mountain, uh, Mountain Standard Time, I read a book with you and uh, you read your own book, whatever. But the point is we get together and we read and I share a message to get you uh, hopefully inspired to keep reading. So, all right, that's those are the updates for right now. Let's get into the 10 uh, ideas that we can pick up from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, on how to become better readers. All right, let me get my notes going here. I hope you have your uh, drink ready. I've got mine. Uh, I need to keep my, uh, my voice working here. Ever since I started building this community, <clears throat> I've been in front of this camera a lot. <laughs> and I've been losing my voice because I'm talking so much. Okay, so the very first idea is to prepare for the dip. Now, 
uh, in in the book, we've got this idea that there is, um, you know, when you start off with something new, it's exciting and you're really geared up for it. But you know, once you get going, you start to experience the difficulty of it. So think about like if you wanted to learn how to. I don't know, uh, play a new instrument. Let's say you want to learn how to play the guitar. Well, that's a very interesting thing to do, right? You go to the music store and you uh, pick out the shiny new guitar. Very cool. And then you take it home and you maybe uh, watch a couple YouTube videos. Very fun. And then as you start to put your fingers to the strings, you realize, ah, oh, my, this hurts my fingers. My fingers are like super tender and sensitive. And you, you start to experience the pain of actually playing the guitar. And then, of course, you uh, start to experience the pain of having to put aside 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour a day to practice. And it becomes a little less, um, uh, you know, interesting at that point because it's 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 requiring a lot from you. <laughs> so that's something to consider. And that's called the dip now. Seth Godin, another author who writes in the business space, is uh, the, the business genre, uh, actually wrote a book called The Dip, and it's on this very topic, and it's one of my favorite books. It's super, super thin and tiny, but it's such a great read, and he's talking about this, how we go from being really excited about something and having that sort of beginner's luck to then like you dip down into like the hardness of it, and reading can feel the same. You know, you go to the bookstore and you buy all these really cool books and you're pumped and you're excited. And then you sit down to open them and work calls or the kids need something. And you think, I don't know that I have time to do this. But in reading this section out of James Clear's book, we'll do a little reading out of this book today because I want you to hear from his words um, these ideas because he's masterful at this stuff. He says, in the early and middle stages of any quest... There is often a valley of disappointment. I love that. The valley of disappointment. I mean, have you ever felt that where uh, you, you're, you're maybe a little disappointed in yourself, disappointed in the act itself? Like, oh, I thought guitar would be so much cooler than this, but it's kind of not. I got to learn all these chords and I got to learn notes and music theory. And I just wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. I didn't want to learn all this stuff. You know, you can feel a little disappointment in everything. He says, you uh, expect to make progress in a linear fashion, and it's frustrating how ineffective changes can seem during the first days, weeks, or even months. It doesn't feel like you're going anywhere. It's a hallmark of any compounding process. The most powerful outcomes are delayed. Okay, so that's the first idea. I want you to just be aware that if you're trying to get into reading more books and we're building this habit for you, it's going to be really interesting at first, and then you're going to feel the dip. And if, as long as you know that and you're prepared for it, then when you're there, you'll go, aha, I know I'm, I know I'm supposed to be here. This is a normal thing. Uh, Eddie mentioned this and just sort of embrace it. Know that, know that uh, most people, when they experience the dip, they quit. And if you can choose right now that when you feel the dip, you're not going to quit, then it will be much, much easier for you to get through that section of the, uh, the process. It will be worth it, I promise. If you can stick with the reading, you will, you will definitely be grateful that you didn't give up. Okay, number two of 10. Here we go. So uh, he, he mentions in his book, uh, he spends a lot of time in Atomic Habits sort of talking about goals. 
And he says that goals, although they're, I mean, he doesn't say that they're necessarily bad things, but he does point out several instances in which they can be somewhat harmful. And I loved this section because uh, sometimes when all we think about are goals, we set ourselves up for failure because we're only thinking about the outcome, like the final product. And if you're always living your life for the end result, uh, a couple of things will happen. Either A, you'll get there and you'll be disappointed because it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, or uh, you'll have this moment of celebration and then you go, now what? And you don't have sort of anything to kind of keep you going. So goals are great. I have lots of goals, but more importantly, I learned from this book several years ago that yes, I should set up goals, but more importantly, I should have systems and systems will keep you going. If you can, if you can create a, uh, a reading system that you can rely on, that's going to be far better for you than saying this year, I'm going to read X number of books. Um, you know, that's hard because if you don't actually read that many books, then you failed. Right. And nobody wants to fail. However, if you set up a system that allows you to daily show up for your reading habit, then um, you can grow with that. You can build in that and it can become something that is useful to you. Okay. Uh, so he mentions, oh, and let me point out too, I'm trying to help you with this one in specific. So you might be thinking, well, okay, great, Eddie, but what does that mean to have a reading system? All it means is that you have um, kind of a, a time set aside to read and a set time to read. And so every morning, like I said, at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, I am live on YouTube. I share that quick message and then we read together. So I'm trying to help you build a system that is reliable that you can turn to each morning. And people are starting to show up there and they're starting to read with me. And it is this really cool experience. So I encourage you to, to join me there if, if, if you can. If not, you can go to the YouTube page at the end of the day and, and watch that whenever is convenient to you. And you can watch or you can read along at, uh, at that time. All right. Doing great. Let's move on to number three. Okay. I like this one. Number three is probably one of my favorites. It's really, really good. Um, I keep looking up, everybody. Just, <laughs> just so you know, in yesterday's um, live lives reading session, I'm sitting here reading, and as I'm doing so, this like giant gnarly spider comes down from the ceiling and is like hanging out by my head. And so now, <laughs> now I'm like a uh, uh, little paranoid. Okay, here we go. So the the next one is to adopt. A reader's identity. So he talks a lot about this. It's in page 31 of the, of the copy that I have. And I'm going to go there really quickly because I want to show you sort of what he's talking about. We all have identities in our life. Um, I have many. I, I have the identity of a father. Love that identity. Uh, a husband, of course. I have the identity of being a business owner, uh, a powerlifter. I like powerlifting, uh, a woodworker. I have a lot of different identities, just like you do. And um, he he's he's saying that like what what whatever identities you put on yourself, you begin to behave in that way. So so hear me out on this. If you decide to say that I am a reader, that is one of my identities, then you begin to think as a reader, and it works really well with um, you know any aspect of your life. So if you want to get everybody uses fitness. Uh, losing weight as, a, as an example when you're talking about habits, but it's a good one, right? Because 
we've all been there. So if you are, uh, if you've decided, I am going to lose weight this year. Okay. Well, first of all, that's a goal. I'm going to lose weight. And it's not a very good one because you're not being specific. However, uh, if your identity is not that of a fit person, if in your mind, your identity is I'm kind of a slob, uh, I kind of overeat, I'm kind of lazy. Uh, I really just don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> if that's your identity, then when it comes time to uh, working out, you might go to the gym because you're forcing yourself to do it. But when it comes time to choosing what to eat for dinner, your identity is going to conflict with who you really are. And you're probably not going to eat the healthiest thing. You're going to you know, go for the cookies or whatever. So you have to craft this identity that works for the habits you're trying to build. Otherwise, your habits are going to clash and you can't have that. So it's, it's critical that you pull into your life the identity that I'm a reader. That's what I do. I am the kind of person that reads books. That's where I get my uh, education, my entertainment, my relaxation, my edification. I am a reader, right? And by saying that, you, you uh, change the outlook of your life and it becomes much, much easier to pick up the book. If you haven't made that distinction, that mental and physical shift in your head, then when the reading timer goes off or when it's 7 a.m. and that crazy guy is on YouTube saying, hey, let's read a book together, uh, you're going to go, eh, I don't really want to do that. It's not my thing. Uh, I'm going to check out socials instead or, or check out my email. So please take a moment right now and consider um, beginning to tell yourself, I am a reader. It's what I do. It's who I am. It's what I love. You bring on that identity and it makes a big, big difference. All right. Uh, how's this going for you guys so far? Are you enjoying these ideas? If so, let me know in the comments down below. Uh, I'm curious to know what you're thinking. And if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear, it's just it's such a good book. I love it. Uh, ooh, this is an interesting one. Okay. We're going over to page 51 now in, uh, in his book. And I want to, I want you to hear this in his own words. This is something I hadn't thought of before when you're trying to build a better habit in life, but James wants you to solve a problem. Okay. So that's number four is to solve a problem. So listen to this. He says, all behavior is driven by the desire to solve a problem. Isn't that true? Like if no matter what you're doing, you're trying to solve a problem, either A, you're trying to make pain in your life go away, or B, you're trying to get more pleasure in your life. It's all about pain or pleasure. So when, you are, uh, when you're instigating a behavior of some kind, you're doing one of the two things. You're trying to get rid of pain in your life, or you're trying to get more pleasure in your life. So that's what he's saying here. All behavior is driven by the desire to solve a problem true. Sometimes the problem is that you notice something good and you want to obtain it, right? That's the pleasure thing. Sometimes the problem is that you're experiencing pain and you want to relieve it. Either way, the purpose of every habit is to solve the problem you face. Okay, so super cool. If you're going to be uh, uh, building a new reading habit, you can't just say, I'm going to read for 15 minutes every day. You probably won't stick to that. It's not going to happen. There needs to be some pain that you're getting rid of in your life. And that's why you're reading is because you want to get rid of pain. Oh, that reminds me. Um, I just got done reading the narrative. I don't have it with me. The narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. Great example of that. Uh, we'll come back to it in, in a minute. So you're either reading uh, to get rid of pain in your life or you're, or you're reading to get more pleasure, right? Does this make sense? 
So let's go back to Frederick Douglass. If you don't know him, he was a slave in the early 1800s who uh, lived in the poorest and most horrible conditions possible at a time when it was illegal to educate slaves on how to read or write because the slaveholders believed that by educating their slaves, uh, the slaves would obviously begin to think for themselves and would no longer be um, property. They would they would find ways to escape. They would find a need for freedom. They would find a need for um the good life, right? And so Frederick Douglass realized that uh, he wanted a better life for himself, and he was so sick and tired of being whipped and treated like a piece of dirt that he decided to read and write. He had had to learn how to read and write, and he had to go through a whole series of um, sort of tactics and strategies to sort of secretly learn how to do this. It's such a cool book, but that's a great example. If you're going to learn to read or read more, you could be like Mr. Douglas and say, I want to get into a better station of my life. I want to, I want to get rid of the pain I face. I, I, don't, I don't make enough money. Uh, I don't know how to raise my kids. I don't like my career. I, um, I don't feel physically well, whatever it is. Like latch on to that pain, right? If you, let's, I like the I don't feel physically well. That's something that we can all relate to. If you're not feeling like you have wellness in your life, like you have energy and you are you're healthy and strong. That is such a great starting point to, to begin learning or to begin reading more. Perhaps you want to go get some books on uh, how to eat properly, how to uh, move your body properly, whatever it is, but you're getting rid of this pain you feel, right? Uh, such a cool thing. But you see how when you attach pain or pleasure to reading, it, it becomes far more interesting, right? And I'll say this, uh, many of you might be going, I already do that, but I'm not reading. I'm watching YouTube videos. I just go to YouTube and I search up my problem. And uh, there's always, there's a million videos on how to get more wellness. Yes, there is. Uh, you probably know my response to that if you are, uh, if you've been a member of this community for very long. And my response is that uh, we watch YouTube videos passively, right? How often have you, how many times have you ever sat down with YouTube video and taken notes and pondered what was shared and then thought about how it works and gone out and applied it in your life. Usually you watch YouTube video in the background while you're doing other things or you're laying in bed or you're uh, going for a walk or driving a car. Hopefully you're not watching YouTube driving a car, but you might be listening to it. You know what I mean? Either way, it's all very passive, and you are missing that extra layer of uh, education that you 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 get with a book, right? So, yeah, you can learn things through watching YouTube videos, but you you it's really really hard to sort of you know, embed them into your life, and even more so, YouTube and, and podcasts and everything else are geared to keep you listening and watching. So. You don't even have time to take notes. By the time that video is done, even before it's done, the guy on the video is saying, watch this video next. Uh, and YouTube's giving you 18 more recommendations. And so you just keep clicking and watching and clicking and watching. And all of a sudden, that really great stuff you just learned is gone. It's buried in seven other videos. So anyway, when you read, if you want to get better at this, you need to be solving a problem. Again, your problems can be pain or getting more pleasure in your life. And so just attach something to your reading habit that you want to build and you will absolutely be much, much better at it. Okay, time for a drink. Here we go. I think I need voice training. I need to learn how to like breathe when I talk. 
it's really hard being uh, talking this much. Anyway, luckily, I love this and I'm like super passionate about it. I could do this all day long. It's so much fun. Next, number five is to make the cue obvious. Now, uh, James is talking about cues here and um, it's been a few years since I've read this book. But if I remember right, he's referencing Charles Duhigg's book, Power of Habit. And uh, talk, talking about sort of that um, that circular reference of how um, habits start, and he's mentioning it's kind of like Pavlov's dogs, right? Where um, you you have a, a trigger in your life, something happens, and all of a sudden, uh, um, subconsciously, your brain kicks in and runs a habit. So Pavlov's dogs, I'm sure you know, is this experiment that happened where um, a researcher put some dogs um, in a space, rang a bell, and fed them. And every time he rang the bell and fed them, it would create this uh, this automatic response where the dog would salivate in, in, in its mouth. And then after a while, the researcher was able to ring the bell and the dog would salivate whether there was food or not. And so that's Pavlov's dogs. It's just it's a very simple uh, example of how habits work. Where when uh, the bell rings, that's called your cue or your trigger, your brain goes, oh, it's time to do that thing. It's time to do that thing, right? That's a cue. And James is very um, um, pro-cue. He thinks that they're very, very, very important if you want to set up um, strong habits in your life. So if we're reading, we need a cue to read. Otherwise, you're not going to get around to doing it. You're just going to get busy with life. So is there something you can set up in your own personal life that that um, flashes, that dings, that whatever, that says, hey, it's time to do that thing, right? And hopefully, when it's time to read, hopefully you salivate because you like it so much. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. Anyway, all right. Uh, so his, 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 his idea here, though, is that that cue has to be very, very obvious. So... Uh, if I'm reading every morning at 7 a.m. on YouTube live and you were to join me there, you could. Uh, I know it's incredibly early depending on where your time zone is. But, yeah, you could set an alarm that says, oh, it's time to go read with that guy on YouTube. You could have your own reading time. Um, but have have an alarm somewhere. Have something go off. Preferably a peaceful, um, positive-sounding alarm, not like a something obnoxious. You, you want it to be a positive thing that makes your brain go, oh, it's it's time to do that thing that I love because I am a reader, right? Going back to the identity of being a reader. All right. So craft a cue that works for you. Now, here's a couple other ideas. Um, Brendan Bruchard, he is a self-development expert. He talks a lot about doors. Doorways are cues for him. So when he enters a specific doorway, that is a cue for him that something is about to happen related to that doorway. So if you have a reading room, right, whenever you enter that reading room, that could be a cue. Oh, it's time to do that thing. It's time for me to read. Uh, you could have, um, you, you know, cues around certain things. So if you if you like to um, read first thing in the morning, you could have your, your, your drink of choice, your coffee, your tea, whatever. And then um, that drink could be your cue. You could have a cue in the afternoon if, when, if that's when you want to read. Perhaps you go to the gym at, at lunchtime. Great. Maybe your cue is to always read right before or right after that. You get the idea, but make the cue obvious. Make it big and bright and bold. And then it happens only once a day or whatever so that you're like, oh, 
here we go. It's time to uh, do my reading. Okay. This next one I thought was really, really helpful. So you need to write down your commitment. And James has a very specific formula for this commitment. Let me get to it here. It's on page 69 of the book. I like this because he uh, he's trying to sort of demystify how uh, how we set up ourselves for success. Did that come out right? Set up, yeah, something something to that effect. All right, so he's he's saying that he wants you to write down on a card something in the following formula. So here's an example of getting in shape. He says uh, that he would write down, during the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on day at time in place. So that's the thing. He wants you to write a sentence that says what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, and more importantly, even where you're going to do it. Okay, so Ours at the Readwell community might be uh, during the next week, I will uh, partake in at least 15 minutes of thoughtful reading each morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube with Eddie Hood. A little plug there. Come hang out with me. It's great fun. Change it to be whatever you want, but you need to have a little sentence and, and write it down. I think there is a lot of power in writing it down, not just thinking, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll read every day for 12 minutes, whatever. <laughs> write it down because it, it sort of anchors it in your brain that this is important to you and that you care about it. Okay, so now you have your cue. You've got a trigger. Um, a lot of people I know like to set up an alarm on their phone to go off once a day. Have that happen, and then you've got your commitment you can turn to that says that you're going to read thoughtfully because that's how we do it here. We don't read quickly. We don't read to just read. We read thoughtfully for 15 minutes a day uh, and then write when and where you're going to do that. Perfect. All right. The next one is super geeky and I love it. I love it. It's so good. So, all right. Become an environment expert. This is a cool idea. James mentions in his book that the most self-disciplined people are environment experts. And what does he mean by that? Well, your environment shapes your behavior. So it's critical that you look at your, your environments and you shape them to support the kind of identities that you have. If you want to be a great reader, you want to set up your reading space so that it supports you in that lifestyle. If you want to be a great basketball player, you want to set up your environment for that. If you want to be a great chef, you you know, your kitchen needs to be a certain way. It's really hard to be a great chef if your kitchen's a mess and you can't find anything and you're not inspired to cook and it stinks and all of that, right? Like you want a clean, beautiful, inspirational space with maybe some bright herbs that smell great and some lemons and right? That's, you become an environment expert. So that when you walk into the room, you're like, whoa, and you feel something like your spirit lifts. And you're just like, I have to cook something. This is my, this is my Mecca. This is my space. Um, so yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, so I love woodworking. I have, I have many interests, people, many interests, <laughs> trying to tone it down a little bit, but it's because I read so much. Uh, I love to make furniture by hand. I actually have a wood shop at my home. And uh, I spent a lot of time working on that environment so that when I walk in, I feel the furniture in my blood, right? Like there's a big American flag up there to remind me that my furniture is like American made, right? And then I've got uh, um, 
I've got all of these posters all over my wood shop that remind me of like what it means to be a craftsman. I've got my tools hanging up just right. They're all clean. They're sharp. The floor is swept, right? Like it's, you just, you walk in and you're like, I have to build something. This is so cool. My boys love going in there too. And we've got a little radio and they play their music as loud as they want. And they start making stuff. It's great. We love it. It's so good. And if you look behind me, this space I have created for myself in my studio is my reading room. It is a, it is a very small space. It's literally like a broom closet. That's all I need. I don't need a lot of space to read a book. But when I come here, I've got all of my favorite authors behind me. I've got a nice, big, beautiful reading desk in front of me. And um, I have what I need. And I come in here and I want to study. And I want to be in the book. Now, you might be kicking back on this saying, well, Sure. I can create a reading room and that's great. But like, what if I, what if I can't get to my reading room? What if I'm traveling or what if I'm, you know, there's just so many excuses and I get that. I don't always have my reading room with me. Um, but I will tell you this, when you have an environment designed for reading, it is like your home base. It's an anchor that keeps you going. And when you get to come back to it, it just feels like home and it is worth having. So even if it's turning, I literally turned a closet into my reading room because I didn't have extra space in my home. So even if you have to do what I did and make the smallest possible space, your space, do it. You will love it and you'll be grateful that you made that happen. All right, moving down the list here. We're already to number eight. I feel like this is going pretty quickly. Ooh, I like this. Make reading attractive. So this is one of the laws in the book. James has... I believe four major laws in the atomic habits book, but to make reading attractive, I think this one's a little, um, it's different for our community for a couple of reasons. First, if you're in the readable community, reading is already attractive. Like it's the thing that you love. It's the thing that you want to do. Um, you're just trying to find more ways to do it. So if you're, if you're here and you don't yet know if you like reading, you don't yet know if this is like sort of for you and you're testing the waters that I totally get. And this is who that, uh, that, that message is for. So uh, in order to make reading attractive, the best tip I can give you is stop reading books. You don't like just quit it. If you don't like the book, put it down. Uh, now this is hard for students, of course, because you have to read lots of books that have been assigned to you by professors. And I appreciate that. I went through college myself uh, however, if you can if you can take time, I'm not talking about um, sort of career development reading or educational reading. I'm talking about reading for you as Alan Jacobs in The Pleasures of Reading in an Age of Distractions is what I'm reading at the moment would say is he would say read for pleasure, right? What, what book can you read that just brings you pleasure? Start with that, please. Um, find a book that really, really speaks to your heart. And you might have to go through five or 10 books before you find it. And that's okay, right? Like, just be patient. There are millions of books out there. And I guarantee you, you're going to fall in love with at least one of them. I guarantee it. You just got to kind of keep looking. But make reading attractive. Never, ever, ever read something that you just hate. You shouldn't, reading should not be work. It should not be something that like you're forcing yourself to do as a slog just because some guy on YouTube says that we should be reading more. Like you should be here because it just lights you up. It's just the best thing and you can't wait to open the book. Um, you know, and you've probably all experienced that at some point 
or you found a book that was just like you couldn't put it down. It was so good. And when you find that, uh, there's just there's nothing better, nothing better. It's so, so good. All right. Next, we're going to make this habit easy for you, right? So to do that, uh, James suggests um, starting off what he calls the two-minute rule. The two-minute rule is this. Um, you know, if you want to start something, it's kind of ridiculous to say that you don't have at least two minutes to give to it. <laughs> so if you can start by saying, you know what, I'm going to read, I'm a reader, and acknowledging, yep, I'm super busy, and yep, there's going to be a dip, it's going to get hard at some points and whatever, and all these things, but I'm going to read for at least two minutes every day. Now, yeah, this is a little bit of a trick, right? Like James is trying to get you into the habit of doing something because once you get there, James knows very much that starting is the hardest part. Once you start, it's it's like wonderful. You just got to get there. You got to open the door. You got to take the step. And so your job starting today is to commit to reading for at least two minutes every day. So that sounds funny just to say two minutes. Now your brain's going to go, I won't even like, what am I going to get done in two minutes? Look, even if all you do is hold the book and you open it and you read one paragraph and that's all you got, congratulations. That is really, really good work. And I, I for one, am super proud of you. I think that's great. You should be super proud of you because for two minutes, you, you told the world, pause, hold on, just hit pause. I'm going to take two minutes and I'm going to think about something I want to think about, <laughs> Right. I'm tired of being in my email where I'm thinking about stuff that everybody else is giving me to think about. I'm tired of thinking about what my boss wants me to think about, what my teachers want me to think about, what my family wants me to think about. I'm taking two minutes for myself and I'm going to think about this. And that is really, really good. So make it easy on yourself. Just, just commit to two minutes. Now, of course, of course, we know it's a trick because once you get in, that two minutes will probably be closer to 10 minutes or 15 minutes or possibly an hour. You never know. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you have to read for an hour every day. Heavens no. But what I am telling you is that once you fall in love with reading again, or, or that love becomes deeper, reading for an hour is, is super pleasurable. It's super productive and it's super enjoyable. So just be ready to have sort of your socks knocked off by these, these incredible authors. But again, not all authors are incredible. If the book is terrible, put it down. Okay. Number 10 is to make it satisfying. Now, what on earth does this mean? I want to read this to you from the book because I got to get the page number here. But yes, it's page 190. Okay, let me get there real quick. So on page 190, James is talking about how we um, uh, do things for the immediate sort of gratification, right? Think about what you do in life and how you, um, oh, I lost my little banner here. There we go. How you, um, your body is trained to do stuff that feels good. Your brain is trained to do stuff that feels good, right? Your personality is trained to do stuff that feels good. And sometimes uh, reading doesn't always feel good. Sometimes, uh, you know, you feel distracted, you feel uh, worried, you feel anxious, whatever. So listen to this. He says, here's the problem. Most people know that delaying gratification is the wise approach. I'm going to hit pause on reading. What he's saying here is that we all have things in our life that we're putting, uh, like investing in the stock market, for example. That's something that we know is uh, um, 
something we probably should do, but like you don't get to have the money right now. And that's not fun. So why would you do it? Right. So, but we all know that we should. And, and so we probably should start putting money aside. Reading can feel the same way where you're putting the time in, you're reading the pages and it can be a little bit of a delayed gratification because sometimes reading is, you know, it can, I, I get it. It can be, it can be hard sometimes. So he says um, they want the benefits of good habits, right? To be healthy, productive, at peace. But these outcomes are seldom top of mind at the decisive moment. In other words, you want to live the healthy life. You want to be positive. You want to be uh, strong and capable. However, you uh, you can't because you, in the moment, want to do the thing that feels good. And, and that keeps you from, from doing what you should. But these outcomes are seldom top of mind at the decisive moment. Thankfully, it's possible to train yourself to delay gratification, but you need to work with the grain of human nature. I love this. I love how he admits that like, yeah, we're human. And you know what? <laughs> you need to know yourself. He says, don't work against human nature. The best way to do this is to add a little bit of immediate pleasure to the habits that pay off in the long run and a little bit of immediate pain to the ones that don't. Boom. All right. So think about that. Uh, if you are uh, if you are intrinsically in love with reading, you're probably already getting all of the satisfaction out of it. But if this is something you're building and you're trying to get better at, at creating this habit, uh, you know that's fantastic, and I applaud you for being here. And one of the things that you can do is to find a way to give yourself immediate pleasure whenever you read uh, your book. Now he gives, uh, I believe James is the one that gives this example, but uh, and this is kind of a silly example, but it works. If you love chocolate, you don't get to have chocolate at all until you read, right? That's how that's how <laughs> this works. But after you've read, immediately you can have a piece of chocolate. Silly, I know, but it is what he's suggesting, and I think it kind of works if you're not quite in love with reading yet. Uh, I promise you that uh, that that need for chocolate will go away. And he actually says that too. He says once you once you give yourself these immediate gratifications enough, the inner workings of the habit takeover and you begin to grow as a human and that becomes far more satisfying than the chocolate. And he, he even mentions the chocolate just goes away. Like you stop doing it because you don't care. The reading itself is far, far better. Okay, everybody. Those are the 10 ideas that uh, I picked up from James Clear's book, the Atomic Habits for, Re uh, for Readers, as they would apply to us. I hope that they helped you today. If you found this episode helpful in any way, uh, I would really appreciate it if you could go to wherever you're consuming your podcast and write up a little review for me. Again, this is a brand new community, and I'm working very hard to create a space for people that want to learn to read thoughtfully and precisely and and well. And so if that's a community you can get behind, uh, your review would mean the world to me. Thank you again for supporting me on YouTube and in the podcast arenas and on the Facebook page. There's so many places where I'm getting my tentacles out there right now because I want this community to do really well. Thank you again, and I will see you next week. Have a great, great week. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.